This is Shift Run Stop, a fun podcast about games and cultural stuff and comedy and interviews. We're in another pub. Um, but this time it's a different pub, a cheaper pub. And this week, who's our guest this week, Rue? This week we have Paul Carenza. He's a comedian and writer. He's a Back to the Future fan, so I'm definitely going to talk to him about that. And he was in a previous episode of Shift and Stop. He was. He did a little segment for us. Yes. He did a, like a three-minute segment about um, about movie dates and coincidences and stuff. So if you're a long-time listener, you'll remember him from that. And he's going to come back in and spend a whole episode with us, which is going to be great. Brilliant. It's episode 19 and we have Paul Carenza with us today, which is very exciting for us. Greetings. Thank you for having me. Hello, Paul. Hello. Paul's a self-confessed nerd, it says on his Mm. website. Did I say that? Uh, I think somebody said it about you. Probably that's something something my agent would write uh, that I have therefore apparently confessed to, even though he clearly wrote that. But um, but I am a self-confessed nerd. Yes, okay, I now confess it. (laughs) This is me self-confessing to that fact. And what sort of nerdiness does does your nerddom entail? I think all nerds... Have, a, have their niches, don't they really? Because I'm not, for example, I'm not a big gamer. Um, I'm not massive on the, a bit of, bit of sci-fi and all that, I suppose. But I, um, I just, well, I love uh, uh, films and uh, I like collecting books, if not reading them. I haven't read a book in a long time. But, but you collect them? I buy them and then just put them on the shelf. They look good there. What sort of books? Oh, just anything. Um, really bad. I'm, I'm a completist, which is a problem. So I've got the complete Agatha Christie, for example. Um, <laughs> And there's a lot of them, <laughs> and it's taken a while to build up. How many have you read? Oh, uh, about 12, I think. But then what I do is, I, if, if for example, at the minute I'm working my way through uh, all the Poirots, but on TV. Mm-hmm. So I've got the books, and I've never read the books. They're just there, and I like to know that they're there. And then I just go and watch, think. And I see it on TV, and then I look at the book when I pass it, and I think, there you go, read that one now. <laughs> a, tick, don't tick. have to worry there about you that go. Job done. Uh, so uh, so yeah no and I, I as as you kindly featured me last time talking about the movie timeline which is this website that I've put together of any chronological event from history that you that is explained in a film so it can be fictitious can be real so that sort of ner- and again that's another completist thing I think this is clearly I'm sort of I feel like I'm in therapy now and I'll just discover that I'm OCD for the first time in my life but, uh, but our rule is it's got to be something you can verify from the film Yeah. and so something like Curious Case of Benjamin Button came mm. out and I'm watching that and I sort of started, I made a couple of notes and I was like oh there you go he was born in uh, 1948 where it was and uh, and then but every scene they they have the date the exact the day and the month and the I'm going oh forget it I'll throw the pen away too much work someone will email me in in a week and sure enough someone emailed him with this massive list of dates and it's all on the site now so but yeah so that, you know those films will always be made and the project will never be finished can you briefly explain the idea of movie timeline for our listeners that might have missed the episode that you were uh, certainly yes it's uh, well it started off as a list of I think I just had the lists of. The, a few of the dates from Back to the Future and I think a couple of other films I think maybe Highlander Star Trek maybe a, a few of the sci-fi time travel things mm. and then I just sort of noticed a few crossovers so for example Bill and Ted Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure uh, happens they steal Abraham Lincoln just mm. as Abraham Lincoln would have been signing a certain document which is featured in another film for example mm. or King Kong tramples over New York at the same moment that Al Capone in The Untouchables is being imprisoned down the road. So Al Capone had a lucky escape. He would have been on the streets of New York and been trampled, but actually, no. So I, I thought, well, just put them on the side. And I put, literally just put, like, 15 or 20 of these. 
and uh, and then sure enough, as the internet seems to do, it sort of feeds itself. And before long, you get a couple of emails a, a week, and then it's a couple of emails a day. And before you know it, you get this massive long list of six thousand entries. I think we're on now, something like that. And there's films I've never heard of which are on there. And it what started off as just the big events, mm. and now it's some minute character who happens to have their date of birth shown on screen. You know that makes it eligible, so mm-hmm. it's on the list. And so, with movie timeline, you can navigate by by film. You can navigate by today's dates. Indeed, yeah. You can look uh, by year. You can look by, as you said, by film or by uh, you know on this day in history. You can mm-hmm. see what happened on your birthday in, in film. And, and of course, it's you know it's the real events. You know, Titanic thinking, mm-hmm. uh, rubbing shoulders with Hogwarts being founded or something like that. <laughs> I think I think like Hogwarts, the nearest thing to Hogwarts being founded is um, Monty Python finding the Holy Grail it's, I think that's about five years apart I think but uh, not sure exactly but yeah it's, it's, it's you know it's searchable by all sorts of things really I'm in computers I'm in the mainframe I'm in your headphones can I just say hello to all the listeners but especially to listeners who are listening to this on uh, audio cassette and especially if this is the first time you've listened to this episode so if you if you've actually saved your pleasures and you've waited until you've got the the cassette and you're you're listening to that maybe on the train or in the car hello this moment of me saying hello to you this is especially for you the rest of you you're all welcome as well but people who who take the trouble to actually listen to this in cassette form i i think they're very special and also to our overseas listeners because we've we've got some people who are being a bit nostalgic for the UK, sending sending back their warm wishes from other countries and saying that this reminds them of home. It's lovely. It's beautiful. Yeah, we we really enjoy getting your emails, and we have pretty much every day now. We get a few emails for about about the podcast. Well, it's nice. Um, I wish we got more, frankly. So you know, if if we're bringing you joy and you can't be bothered to you know buy a cassette tape, you you can repay your debt to society by just sending us a little email and saying hello and and who you are and what you're listening. To us for yeah, why, why people do that? How people got into it and why they listen to us. Well, I know about Paul because I went to an Edinburgh show that he did a few years ago called Back to the Futon, and uh, yeah, and it's fantastic. It's all about Back to the Future. It was very funny, and he got somebody who looked a bit like Doc to do some video. Yes, Peter Buckley Hill, a fine comedian. He's, uh, <laughs> bizarre thing is he looks a bit like Doc. Mm. He acts a bit like Doc, right. and he's never he's never seen Back to the Future. He, when I approached him, he'd never heard of Back to the Future, mm. so he never had heard of who this Doc character was. And I just literally, I said, "Well, you know, if it doesn't sound too weird, can I come around to your house and with a camcorder and <laughs> dress you up and dress you up, and, uh, <laughs> and I'll have my little, you know, my bomber jacket on and my hoverboard, and I'll give you some lines to just read out to the camera." And uh, and he went, "Sure, uh, you know, bless him." He just, I said, "I've no idea what this means, but great Scott, <laughs> there you go." That's what I wanted. So thank you, Doc. Very good of you. With a DeLorean, did you did you hire a DeLorean to do some of the videos? Yeah, that was great. And we had a, well, there's a guy I met, an actor, and I and I we just got chatting. And I said, we're doing an Edinburgh show about Back to the Future, and he said, oh, my mate's got a DeLorean. I thought just for the just for the um, the poster, if I could just stand there with looking at my watch mm. with my foot in his car, brilliant. And he said, fine for that. Not only that, he said uh, we could do some filming, and so that was in the show, as you yeah. might recall. We had uh, me being chased through time by the Libyans, and yeah. we uh, had a lot of fun filming on a. Uh, empty supermarket car park racing around as in the film oh, it's wonderful fun and uh, and not only that he then said that he'd never been to Edinburgh for the festival 
And he said, uh, can I come up as well? I said, yeah, of course you can. I, I said, I can't really, I haven't made money, I can't really pay you. And he said, oh, don't worry, I'll just you know, come on up. And he was there for about three weeks, and so he just drove around. At the end of each show, we'd have a, oh, a wow. raffle, so someone in the audience mm. would get a ride in the DeLorean. Because uh, like, when I went to see it, there's, yeah, like you say, there's a raffle, and somebody won the go in the DeLorean, it's great fun. But I think you said, if you go around the corner, you can, you might be able to see it if you if you leave in the next half hour or something, mm. and it was parked there, and yeah. there were loads of people standing around. Exactly, yeah. Obviously, we had to do the looking at the watch pose and get our photos <laughs> taken outside. It was great. Yeah. So did you do that? Did yeah, you, yeah. Oh, good, yeah, well, yeah, there's well, a and they are quite rare those cars aren't they the DeLorean you don't, you don't yeah. see them right? I think I think he said that there's about a hundred in the country um, oh, but of that there's only about 30 that are on the road mm. and most, mm. so most of them are just in garages and being everyone's doing them up you know and, yeah. and he got his car because he was a fan of the films first of all and like cars and so he's got, uh, so he, you know, invested in it. And now he's now a, more a DeLorean fan than a Back right. to the Future fan. So he hasn't decked it all out with flux capacitors <laughs> and all that. Um, which which I guess some people, people get some into, do, right? some do, and some really go to town on it. But he just uh, they fit a Mister Fusion to the back. Exactly, you know, it depends which you know you're doing one, two, or three. You know, you're going to pick, pick, pick your pick yeah, your get a steam there. train as well. Get a steam yeah. train. Yeah. <laughs> Come, <laughs> couple of little kids just you know, lock them in there and. Uh, Right when you want to, but uh, yeah, no, he's uh, he's a big DeLorean fan. Yeah, and the wheels to... pivot. Um, like That'd be great. Yeah. He's, he's working on making it fly by 2015. That's the plan. Amazing. Yeah, what happened to flying cars? Okay. One day. And you you still do a lot of stand up now, don't you? I do. Yeah, I'm doing. Uh, Three or four nights a week of uh, that's a lot stand up, yeah, so plenty. Wow. And, and are, you, are you touring? Where are you? Where are you uh, oh, I don't know. I'm all over the place at the minute. I don't know. Uh, I don't know where <laughs> I'm. All, all my name is to be honest. Um, I think uh, next few. I'm in Newcastle on the weekend, and I've got Leeds and Yorkshire next week. And, um, yeah, all over the place really. A typical day for me would be leaving for the gig early to beat the traffic, finding a cinema, going to see a film. And then working in the cinema lobby, script editing something, and then going to do the gig and coming home again. So uh, that's quite typical. I think. Trying to keep the two uh, the two sides exactly. Of the you know, work. My, the world is my office. I, I travel whenever need be. Okay. Set up there. Do you end up seeing rubbish films because you so you run out of films? Just good. Well, films to yeah, see. and you do find there's a lot of comedians now who do this. Cineworld do this. Cineworld pass mm-hmm. where you get it's £13 a month and you go and see as many films as you want like a sort of flat rate all you can eat yeah exactly that and all you can eat and all you can, all your eyes can take <laughs> buffet for the eyes but, which is great and so a lot of comedians do this you, you're doing a gig you know, if you're away for the weekend in Liverpool mm-hmm. then you can go and see a weekend's worth of films and as a result you have no quality threshold because you've, <laughs> you've paid a flat rate you go and watch anything you watch and I'll just go and see quarter of an hour of one film and think nah and walk out and, <laughs> just uh, someone sit around yeah. I started I'll go into a film and uh, go into a gig and then thinking I can fit in a couple of films here but then you look at the listings and think well they don't quite work but I could see the first half of that film and then walk out and see a film and then walk back and see the second half. So it's like a film sandwich. You just sort of break it up a little bit. Changes your relationship with film altogether. It does. I mean, at the minute, I've seen the first half of Green Zone, but not the second half, because I had to rush off and do a gig. But I'll see the second half in about a week's time. So Catch it somewhere it's else. It's like a cereal now. I've just created a cereal. <laughs> yeah, you can split it into two. Yeah, exactly. It works pretty well. I'm in computers. Flat white is the coffee that everyone's talking about, Ru. Can I clarify that flat white... That's that's the bean rather than how they serve it, isn't it? Um, no, it's it's something to it's something to do with the milkiness of it. Okay. Now this is just my my own sort of wild theory. 
I think the milk is less fizzy. It's like the milk has gone flat. It's less bubbly, and so it consequently has a slightly creamier texture. Have they gone for small bubbles? Is that is that what this is yeah, all about? Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's 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 whisper versus arrow all over again. So anyway, so I don't know. Do you want to try it? You can have it yeah, in your yeah, own let's cup if you want. Pour some into my oh, little <laughs> <or> is, <laughs> or, plastic cups along. Is that going to go quite badly? Do you think? No, go on, go for it. Oh, have a bit of foam. See, nice. so it's, it's got a bit of froth on it. Mm. You're having it like it's straight out of a vending machine. Mm. It tastes like a latte, though. Basically, I think you're right, though, Dave. About the it doesn't it doesn't have as much foam. It's just mm-hmm. like hot milk coffee in. Mm. So and it's, it, they say it's smoother it's creamier mm. and it's it's got a slightly stronger coffee taste I think with a, with a latte yeah, it's, it's a little bit more diluted quite nice mm. not unpleasant a bit like this is believed to come from Australia or yeah. New Zealand yeah. and, and was popular and there was a shop here in fashionable London it was just called Flat White but apparently this is caught on to such an extent that now everybody feels they have to do a Flat White coffee yeah. and Peter Andre has launched it on the, on the national stage we're like uh, flaunting his Antipodean credentials oh, really? rather yeah. than any, anything else that Peter Andre is famous for. I won't speculate in that area. Having a six pack. Maybe he's, he's proud of his flat white tummy. Flat white. Oh, yeah. very good. Brown, sort of. Ripply orange. It's nice to be in Starbucks. I'm enjoying this. No, uh, well, you know. Um, they're not paying us, I should point out. <laughs> Uh, other other coffee shops are available. Do you want to try some other, some other current current drinks <laughs> while, while, while we're here? <laughs> like, I've, I've got I've got I've got more cups, so we don't have to continue oh, like filtering them Dave's out. Just time. producing all these little plastic um, sort of picnic cups out of his bag. Let's let's see what we've got here. Now this is quite an interesting. One. Um, oh, it looks like wine or something. No, well, it's from Marks and Spencer's. Yeah. Well, I think it's exclusive to Marks and Spencer's. Apple soft brew. Mm. There's an endearingly sort of hand-drawn sketch mm. of what appears to be a brewery uh, because it's the soft drink that was born in a brewery. And if I if I like uh, pour some out, let's let's see if you let's see if you can detect why that is. Look, you see, it's, oh, it's, that's, that's, quite, that's quite fit. well. That's because I've been carrying it around. You've been shaking it. It looks like. Apple juice that's gone off a bit. It's quite frothy. That looks like a flat white. I oh, know, it's uh Oh. It's like a sort of weird apple beer. The thing is it's not alcoholic, it's oh. malted barley. And yet they always claimed that it, it was it was targeting an audience who um for people who wanted a kind of grown up soft drink that tasted oh. like a beer but it didn't actually, you know, wouldn't actually get you drunk. Right. But, um, if you're driving but you want to feel like you're having a nice fizzy... Yeah, yeah. What do you make of it, Rose? It's quite yeah. nice, it's quite refreshing. Quite sweet. It does mm. have that beery yeah. taste. That beery sort of like... Um, I mean, there was a bit of excitement that this was going to come out and like this was going to revolutionise the kind of adult soft drink industry mm. and currently it's only available in Marks Suspensers where I fear it may be condemned to stay. Anyway, now, perhaps a pudding... <laughs> um, <laughs> These meals that Dave has oh my insight into his life. That's like something, yeah. shot of galaxy. Some, some, something a bit milkier. This is probiotic galaxy. This is this is this is this is this is probiotic galaxy shake. Oh, that's, that's do, you want, do you want a whole one each? You don't no. like you know. Oh, no, well, I don't I'm think I'm, the, uh, I'm do doubting I'm going to want a whole one of these. Um, I think we should. Look. And it is like a sort of a Danone or something. It's not what was that what they called those little yeah Yakult or something. But it's it's galaxy. And uh, we should emphasise the Galaxy Probiotic is, uh, you know... About the size of your thumb. Yeah, it's more. <laughs> the, si- the size of a large thumb. 
you know, you, some, some, some people might feel guilty about sitting around just swigging galaxy shakes <laughs> any time of the day. But no, why not take some time out to enjoy a little bottle of thick and creamy galaxy chocolate probiotic? As well as being totally delicious, each contains friendly probiotic bacteria, which helps support your body's natural defences and uh, give you... It's uh, not like some of the probiotic yo- yoghurts uh, mm-hmm. refer to uh, natural digestive transit or something like oh. that. But, um, but, you know, I mean, I mean, the good thing about it is, and I always worry about buying what they call these functional foods, if they're going to taste weird or something like that. They, like This one actually just tastes quite chocolatey, doesn't it? It's it does. chocolate milk. Yeah, it just tastes a lot like just a galaxy milkshake. There is a bit of a... Um, a yogurty twang. Oh, really? I would say. Well, Maybe that's, that's just because it's less sweet than these seven other drinks that Mine's I've just got a cherry into. twang. I think that's got to do with the cup I just brought it into. Um, Maybe if you hadn't told me it was probiotic, I might, I might have just said, oh, that's a delicious new flavour of Well, the there, 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 there we go. And then finally, really, this is just here for novelty uh, purposes while, of milk. while I'm covering other drinks. But, like, uh, of all the beverage innovations of, uh, of, of the last mm. ten years, I, I thought these little fellows... If you've travelled on, on an intercity train or perhaps had tea with milk in McDonald's, then you'll know them as dairy sticks with an X. Normally you're giving them individually uh, like with a, with a drink. But now Tesco, Tesco sell a box of about ten uh, that, you could, that you can keep at home. And, of course, they're, they're, they're perfectly sized. I'll see if I like. Um, I think this is one I have liberated from McDonald's. They're perfectly squat the size for just squeezing out yeah. a small <laughs> it's amount. It's that's the yeah. That's the curious thing about the experience <laughs> <laughs> is that it really it really does transport you to the the, farmyard. the, the farmyard idyll. Yeah, good snacks. Uh, okay, thanks. More more drink oriented snacks. Uh, I, I'm hoping in the future this yeah, is this good. is our first drinks round. Cheers. 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 <laughs> Dear Dr. Brown, on the night that I go back in time at 1.30am, you will be shot by terrorists. Please take whatever precautions are necessary to prevent this terrible disaster. Your friend Marty. We could start some sort of uh, linking people up with similar-minded... Like, um, like a dating agency. A sort of dating agency well. for nerds. Yeah. Or like, yeah, or just a friend's a club thing. Where you can, yeah. No, no, no have, strings. You don't have to have sex with anyone. It's no sex attached. Day. No, it's really low pressure. Just, uh, you know, just... I don't know the best way might just be on Twitter or something. Just say, you know, if you see somebody saying any at reply to Chiffon Stone, <laughs> just <laughs> reply saying, age, sex, location. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it if people did that. Oh yeah, don't forget hashtag Ask Dave Green if you've got any questions for Dave, and uh, hashtag um, Chiffon Stop. Some people have been doing. We didn't even start that. No, people just people just assume. Yeah, we're just making up a, chif- a Chiffon Stop hashtag without our without even our involvement. Yeah, we haven't in any way condoned the use of the Chiffon Stop hashtag. Nor do we way. condemn it. No, we, we're completely indifferent to it. <laughs> I check it every five minutes, but apart from that. Well, I had this idea, actually, which I'm writing on with a friend. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a recession-based sitcom, and we started working on it before the recession, mm. not knowing there'd be a recession, but thinking, it's a shame there's not a recession. This would be really <laughs> good. And then there was a recession. We went, hooray! <laughs> and, uh, and because we pitched it to some people, and they said, oh, but there's not a recession on, so it doesn't make any sense. And then the recession, so we said, now, 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 it's time to make it. And they said, yeah, but it's only topical now, isn't it? So, Bastards. Uh, oh, so, you know, can't we can't win. So we're going to try and broaden it out a little bit more bit less recession-y which to be fair is a bit depressing anyway so probably no one would want to watch that but, uh, 
We'll see. Are you working on an Edinburgh show for this year? I am, yeah. What's, what's the theme? Can the you say? Theme, I can say, uh, the theme is, well, the show is called Borderline Racist. <laughs> right. Which is a rather <laughs> unusual title, I think, particularly given that I'm neither racist nor borderline, if that makes sense. <laughs> no. um, but you know, the idea is, it's, it's, it's a show looking at what everyone in the world thinks of their, what every country thinks of their neighbours. Mm. In that I know, for example, as, as an Englishman, or as a, as a Cornishman, in fact, I should say, mm. I know, well, I know that Cornwall doesn't like Devon for certain reasons. I know mm. that England doesn't like France because we're, they're meant to be arrogant or whatever, or we mm. don't, England, Scotland, there's that thing there, and they're meant to be tight or whatever, you know, mm. but that's all meant to be. They're all rubbish stereotypes. Mm. But it occurred to me that I didn't know until I chatted to my Ukrainian friend. I had no idea what Ukrainians think of Moldovans. Yeah. <laughs> but she has a definite opinion. And she and she again she knows it's probably wrong. Mm. But she uh, you know, she's well, for example, she's we're watching TV and this Estonian person came on who seemed lovely. And my, my <laughs> Ukrainian friend is lovely as well. But as soon as the Estonian person appears, the Ukrainian starts going, Ah, look at them, the poor inbred backward <laughs> farming idiot. <laughs> and that's the negative stereotype of Estonia from a Ukrainian. And I'm sure that there's an equally harsh one back again from Estonia. So, um, so it's taken a bit of research, but I'm hoping... I've done Europe, pretty much. Yeah. I've so you've been mapping way. and graphing the... Yeah, the you, little, you write along the border, the border what the, uh, the stereotype is. And uh, I'm just, just starting Africa now, which is going to be tricky. Oh, yeah. I think it's fair to say. But, uh, but no, I'm hopefully by August we'll get that one cracked. And it's that completest thing again, isn't it? Is it again, I'm completest. That's <laughs> the problem. Every country in the world. I know. <laughs> Europe is not enough. We must get the lot. If you want to see the, the hour-long version of this long chat, then um, it's... I think it's going to be in Cannons Gate at about eight-ish. Brilliant. It's, uh, we're still booking mm-hmm. it in a minute, so it's, normally you do that. You come out with the information right now, but I don't know eight-ish. Eight-ish. Turn up on the Royal Mile about eight, and we'll be there somewhere. Have you seen your? Um, uh, is it in the Edinburgh brochure and stuff? No, that's uh, any day now. That's in fact I'm meant to have written my. March. It comes in March sometimes. Yeah, it's, my, my, you got to have these forty words. You, you oh, yeah. me, that's not many. It's not many, and that's the deadlines this week. So uh, yeah, we'll see. What's your picture going to be of? Is it you as a borderline racist? <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, actually, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a free show this year for the first time. Uh, so again, that's another good thing to plug. It's a free show, so come on. Yeah. Free? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and as a result, I have no budget. Uh, and so therefore, I, so I've got some photos done quite recently. So I'm thinking I'll use one of those photos mm. and then put a map of the world in the background or something like that. It's mm. not going to be... I think, yeah, I think the big budget publicity photo was the Back to the Future one. Right. And... Uh, this will be a, a slightly more subdued one. Mm. But, uh, but, you know, that's because really you can't top standing in DeLorean looking no, at your watch. You can't beat that really, can you? But do you think after you finish, like, where, where's my career going to go now? <laughs> well, exactly. A lot of people, and a lot of comedians, and my, my agent at the time was, was saying, um, right, next year it's going to be, what, Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Or what's the yeah. next 80s franchise you're going to go for? And I said, well, well no, I've done that with that one. I don't really, yeah. I did Back to the Future because I love Back to the Future. Yeah. And I'm not going to pretend. Someone said, "All oh, at the Karate Kid." I've said, "I've never, I've never seen the Karate Kid." So and they said, "I'll watch it and do a show about it." I'm like, Maybe if I like it. And then the Breakfast Club. Exactly. Yeah, it's not really. I don't want to make this niche of just doing '80s films. It's a really. Uh, uh, That's what was good about it because you felt like watching it. It was like, yeah, you're really into this. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, it was great fun. And audiobooks, it turns out, are, uh, are books that other people read. Yep. Instead of reading it with your eyes, you read it with your ears. Not just for blind people. Anyone can have this. Yep. It's like, you know how disabled toilets are reserved for um, 
for disabled people and you kind of get tussed at if you go in them. Yes. Well, audiobooks, it turns out, yeah. anyone can enjoy these. Amazing. Yeah. Like music or something. <laughs> anyone can enjoy music. Exactly. Podcasts. Audiobooks You're very well. are like podcasts of books. But you Podcast pay for books. them. Yeah. That's the difference is mm. it's very hard to get, you know, contemporary fiction for free unless that this is a beautiful segue, unless you uh, you go to chiffronstop.co.uk slash books uh, and that will take you to a, a link where you can sign up for free to become a member of Audible. They'll give you a couple of weeks free membership, one free download, cancel at any time you like. You get a book, we get a little bit of sponsorship money. Yeah. Brilliant. I'm on the show. inside is it comfortable it's all right actually it's all right it's very really low down Mm -hmm. really you're you're right down on the floor and it's also bizarre thing there's the um the engines and the boots at the front Mm. opens up and that's you can put your stuff in the front it's It's got the really cool kind of gold wing doors doesn't it it has yeah it has got the gold wing doors nice uh, he let me drive it really briefly and uh, that was fun and and also we actually since the show happened uh there was a show on itv2 i think it was called comedy cuts Mm. which is different comedians doing their sets in different settings mm. that might be applicable to them. And so you've got a comedian doing a set in a courtroom or a police station or whatever. Mm. And so for this one, we got again got the car back and we went to different places as if I was travelling through time. And so I did some stuff from you know Churchill's bunker or from uh, oh, yeah. um, uh, Michelangelo's cathedral, that sort of thing. So we found different locations that could be these things. Mm. And I got to drive in the car. And, and then with, the, with an actual budget and an actual crew... <laughs> We, I, all I had to do was I just got to drive like you know 50 yards no more than that and Stuart the owner of the car's in the background making sure that I'm not wrecking it drive 50 yards and as I drive away they set fire to the road behind me oh wow and it was a wonderful moment to do that and look in the rearview mirror and see these strips of flame that they you know oh. made happen I thought yes I, I am Michael J. Fox <laughs> <laughs> that must have been a good moment a wonderful moment so have you read Lucky Man by Michael J. Fox and no I haven't it's actually. very good actually yeah, really? my, yeah I, I went on holiday um, the year it came out with a friend of mine and he bought uh, he bought it at the airport as a gift for me because he was oh. such a fan he's like here I got you this to read and because we're in Italy it was so hot and it's like quite the paperback is quite a sort of cheap production right. <laughs> the pages where the glue melted in oh, the spine of the no. book because we're in Italy so it's like a disposable book it's great <laughs> like to take the pages out page and then just tear it out yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome um, which is the best of those three films then in your, which is your, your favourite well, in fact, we, we did on uh, we asked this question on on the podcast that I do, Movie Banter. Mm. We did, I think episode forty, I think it was, was entirely Back to the Future special. <laughs> and we always we end our show each week with Desert Island flicks. So which film you know the film with best films you say in categories? Yeah. So we did best Back to the Future film, and there were three of us. And of course, you can't all pick the same one. So I ended up picking Back to the Future three, only because I do enjoy the western romp of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I love part one. I mean, part one is, it is I'm sure it's the best because it's you know, the original and the best. It's mm. so tight and it's just a wonderful film. But whenever I see part one, as soon as it finishes, I think, well, I have to watch part two now. Mm. And then that finishes, mm. well, just another couple of hours, we'll watch part three. So I always end up there, so I always end on watching part three. Whenever I sit down and start, I always end on part three. <laughs> At like two in the morning. <laughs> two in the morning. <laughs> and, uh, and so as a result, yeah, I've got to say, the third one's the one, I'll just go, yeah, there you go, that'll do. It's, it's, it's one long film as far as I'm concerned. And how many times <laughs> do you think you've watched them? Oh, about... 30 probably that's t- I mean I like my films but that's too many frankly I'm guessing I mean not all at one go you know it's not like a weekly thing but I'm guessing about that they're always on Easter and stuff aren't they and they put the three on like mm. over a few days but um, yeah quite surprised how rapey Biff is like he's quite it's a bit much isn't it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. well that's the other thing you've found bizarre watching it again 
because uh, I, I think when I started doing the show, I hadn't seen him for probably about five or six years. Mm. And just watching it again, then you realise that yeah, he's quite rapey. Mm. The whole film's a bit incesty. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you know, it's all a bit. You're thinking, is this a PG? Did I enjoy this as a child, <laughs> really, and just not see these things? Yeah. And, uh, and then you've got the stuff now about you know all these Libyans and all that. Thinking, I don't know, is that sort of um, racially acceptable yeah. now? And I'm not sure if we. And there's a lot of swearing in it as well, actually. Mm. And you, the version you see on TV largely has got a lot of cuts in it. Oh, right. But uh, because you know Michael J. Fox, you know, he, he falls over a hell of a lot as mm. well. Which, again, which I'd never realised just how much he falls. You know, it will just. He'll run from off screen and then run off one on one side and off the other side and just collapse in a heap on the floor and then jump in the car <laughs> and then swear as he does it and you know it's so it, the DVDs are worth it but for the full experience get the DVDs you know, yeah Well, Paul Carenza, thank you very much for thank joining you. us today. It's been fun. Oh, like it's, it's like a mini convention. Yeah. Well, I'd love to come up to Edinburgh and watch your show. Uh, the Borderline Race. Borderline Race. Race. Brilliant. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'll be doing some previews around the country, which is on paulcarenza.com. K-E-R-U-N-S-A, that is. And you're on Twitter as well, aren't you? I'm on Twitter, yeah, yeah. I just do jokes and stuff on Twitter. Paul Carenza? Again, it's just Paul Carenza, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all about the new media, you know. I've got the podcast and the blog and all that sort of... Yeah, you're down, with, down with the kids. I'm down with the kids, you know. I hear they will do it. Yeah. I haven't yet joined Bebo, but one, one day. <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't. No, try not. <laughs> it makes you look weird if you join Bebo. I best not. <laughs> Bye. Bye.